Blog Talk Radio. Another day, another chance. everybody, and welcome to Riding the Wave. I'm Mark Healy. I'm the editor-in-chief of The Wave, Rockaway's newspaper since 1893, and I'm pleased to welcome to our, uh, our series here on uh, those uh, locals that are running for uh, office on Election Day 2020, and uh, Councilman Donovan Richards, who's running for Queensborough president, uh, welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Mark, for having me. Good to see you. You know, uh, before we get to the questions, uh, you know, uh, Donovan and I are connected. Uh, my first day uh, as editor of The Wave, I got a phone call from Councilman Donovan Richards. And I love telling that story, uh, Councilman. Uh, but you, you, you reached out right away when you heard that I was coming on board. And uh, I, always, I have always appreciated that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And it's been, it's been a ride. <laughs> but it's yeah. been good. You could say that. I like the glasses, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, since the pandemic started, I, I haven't been able to wear my contacts. So, uh, I'm glasses kind of are better. You know? I hate contacts. I lose. Yeah, I, I used to have contacts, and anyway, that was just. Well, I, I would lose them. it. I, I would, my eye red. would get red. I would do you know. with the mask, and it gets fogged yeah. up. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> you know. Anyway, um, I'm glad that we were able to connect before election day. Um, now. You know, Queensboro president is traditionally not a very political job, or at least that's not the, what the real story is, is maybe different from what the public sees. But I think in general, uh, at least with the, the borough presidents I've dealt with, uh, they tend to be more um, leaders rather than kind of legislators, right? Because there's not a lot of legislative power that goes along with it. So that's, if you win this race, Donovan, it's going to be different for you because you've been such, you know, you've been such a, um, a vocal legislator uh, since being a part of the city council. Uh, if you win, how is that role? Are you going to change the role of Queensboro president or are you going to make that transition into more of a leadership role? Well, I think it's a, it's a mix. And I think for every borough president that I've spoken to, because I don't like to go into something, think I, I know everything. It's what you, it's what you make of it. Um, you know, one of the things I have found working with borough presidents all around the, the, the city and partly because I chaired the zoning committee at one point. So we would, a lot of the, all of the land use applications, when you think about it around the city had to come through to my committee 
um, at that time. And then also, you know, the borough president's recommendations would be attached to those. So there, I had a very close working relationship with just about every, every borough president on, you know, not every single rezoning, but the ones that, you know, certainly were controversial when we did mandatory inclusionary housing and DQA. Uh, but each borough president has their own style. You know, there are some who are, who are more laid back. You know, you got um, a Jimmy Otto out of Staten Island who is known as the Pave Man, right? He paid, baby, paved. His big focus was on getting his borough repaved. You have Gail Brewer, who is phenomenal. You know, she's, she, she's done a lot of work, I would say, around housing and homelessness and um, and, and, and been a, a big defender of her borough in those aspects and reform as well. And then you have Ruben Diaz out of the Bronx, who I just had lunch with last week, who, you know, focused on being a big cheerleader for his borough. Eric Adams, you know, legislated, because you can still legislate as a borough president. Most people aren't aware of it. Borough presidents also introduce legislation. Um, but his focus was on, you know, health and wellness and those sort of things. So, you know, obviously there is a transition. I, 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 you know, I view the, the position as being both the cheerleader and defender of the borough. And that's what we're, we're going to do. And that means advocacy. Uh, it means um, focusing in on, you know, the Rockaways is a prime example of some of the things um, we want to focus on. Infrastructure, housing, um, healthcare, which we know is not enough of in the borough, right? Um, transportation. So I think the, the position of borough president, yes, you, you are a leader of the borough. Now, my responsibility, by God's grace, if I win, would be the 2.2 million Queens residents. Um, but the job would be to advocate for them no, no differently. And, you know, one of the things I found getting around the borough is, although we're different, we're also much more alike than what we think. We all want a good quality of life. We all want good schools. We all want people to have permanent housing. We don't want to see shelters in our community um you know so those are the things that i think when you get around the borough no matter what the person's race religion uh who they worship is everybody wants the same thing we may disagree on how we all get there but at the end of the day you know we want a strong and a better queens for for everyone you know i i think that you know, those are those are words that you um you, you spoke when we uh, unveiled the official flag uh for rockaway and, uh, you know, it, it resonated. It resonated then and it resonates now. Um, and I think for a number of, of, of levels, you know, um, Melinda Katz, when she was Queensborough president, uh, and I'm sure you would agree with this, uh, had a knack for making the people from Rockaway feel that um, their concerns were being heard, you know, that you could reach out to the Queensborough president. And, and for my own, you know, selfish reasons, you know, I wanted to get answers from the Queensborough president when I needed them, and her office was very, very good at that, uh, along with having representatives like Dan Brown, uh, you know, that I dealt with on a regular basis. But certainly, um, you know, having that feeling, Donovan, is important, I think, to the people of Rockaway who always feel that the city leaves them behind. So you, uh, you have the experience of representing, uh, you know, uh, Rockaway or certain districts in Rockaway, certainly as a council person, a council member, uh, and now you're gonna have the added benefit uh, of, of kind of having the whole peninsula look to you for, you know, for whatever, you know, whether it's representation, whether it's, you know, uh, understanding and listening to problems. I think that 
there's a certain uh, benefit to that because you have this experience. But I also think it's going to be challenging for you to kind of get the people that think that you don't necessarily agree with uh, them to, to help them understand uh, what you're trying to do. And that is make sure that uh, the borough uh, grows, right? I mean, that's, that's going to be your challenge. Mm -hmm. and, and listen, there's a lot of unfinished business that, that, you know, I obviously, even in my capacity as borough president, look forward to um, continuing to, to continue to monitor, you know, when we talk about downtown Far Rockaway, the infrastructure, the housing, the commercial needs, we talk about the one hospital we have, which would, you know, the startling fact, you know, we're, we're working with the city now on a, on a healthcare plan with the city council. Um, and, you know, startling fact, you know, in, in, in the presentation that they gave was when St. John's was built, it was built in mind for, for, to serve 10,000 people. It's like servicing 49,000 people, right? So there's still, there's still so much unfinished business. Now the luxury people at the Rockaways have is that, you know, I'm a Rockaway native as well, right? Like I lived in the Rockaways. Um, it's home. I know. I know everyone. I know the people who love me. I know the people who hate me. I know the people in between. And it's all good because at the end of the day, it's not about personality. Um, it's not about you know personal vendettas. It should be about quality of life. You know, there are a lot of things we agree on. We we all agree that you know. The Army Corps needs to finish their project, right? And they need to make sure that we're protected in the event of another storm. We all agree that we need to see more healthcare institutions, right? So there's there's more in common than not in common. We may disagree on how you build the bridges out, and, and part of the job of leadership is to, to to have vision. You know, I've always had vision. I mean, that's one of the reasons we've come in and we've been able to to move a, a lot of projects. Whether people like them or not, not no one could debate. Well, RNE shouldn't have been empty for 40 years. No one could debate the blight in downtown Far Rockaway was a problem. And if you debate that, God bless you. I don't know what to tell you. Um, we may disagree on the unit count. We may disagree on should it be more housing. We may disagree on the facets. But the job of leadership is not to win a popularity contest. You know, we have to get things paid for. And you know, part of my job would be how to leverage. Um, investment from the city, from the state. And, you know, I think we have a bigger bullhorn now, right? You know, being the lowly city council member, I could go to the governor and talk about, you know, I need another hospital all I want, but I'm the lonely council member from the Rockaways. I mean, being the borough president gives you a lot more um, opportunity for your voice to be heard and your megaphone to grow a little bit. So I think from the advocacy standpoint, the borough presidency absolutely affords you an opportunity and it doesn't mean that I'm not going to focus in on the things that I did as a city council member um, but I would have to work in tandem more with the city council members and the state officials and the constituencies up and down from far Rockaway to, to breezy points and then whatever it is everybody's my constituent um, and I want them to know that we're going to listen um, and, and the most important thing is that we should be able to sit at a table, even through disagreement. Um, we should be able to sit at a table and have a conversation and try to work towards common good. You know, this is, this is a question that has come up 
during my interview with your opponent uh, uh, on the Republican side, uh, you know, during this campaign. Uh, and, you know, I, I'm asking it because, first of all, I don't think that these issues really have anything to do with the Queensborough president uh, position, but uh, you may think they do. Uh, she may thinks it does. Um, but, you know, when Jim Quinn uh, was originally running in the special election, he talked a lot about law and order and he talked a lot about, uh, you know, um, your positions and the, and, and the party's positions, the Democratic Party's positions on the police department, the NYPD. And, I, you know, I think a lot of it's changed since that special election was canceled. Obviously, shootings are up. There are certain crimes that are up. The pandemic is really kind of really, I mean, just thrown so many things into disarray. Um, as Queensborough president, uh, you know, do you think that some of the uh, questions that you've asked about the NYPD and, and, and certainly about some of the main issues that have happened uh, during the protests and during the different uh, demonstrations some would call anti-police, some would call, uh, you know, anti-first responders. Um, how would you, how do you view your role as Queensborough president, uh, if indeed you're elected? Uh, will your, will your um, rhetoric change? Is there something else that uh, we need to know uh, about you as a candidate, about how you're going to interact with police and how you think uh, the NYPD should be um, working moving forward. So let, let me start with this. First of all, what most people don't understand is I have an excellent relationship with uh, Commissioner Shea. Um, I enjoy a great relationship with just about every inspector in the city of New York, every community affairs officer. I mean, the only person I've ever had a difference of opinion with is Pat Lynch, who's the PBA union president, who has done nothing to really try to, to, to mend fences with the community has been, a, in my opinion, a huge detriment to community building with the police department. But let's also state the facts. You know, Rock, the 101 precinct is down like 20% in crime. I think they lead the city. They're one of the leading precincts in decreases in crime. The challenges we've had this year have certainly been around the shootings, and it's been a perfect Gone for that, you know, but let me go back to what's happening in the Rockaways, in the borough of Queens, because I, as a public safety chair, marched with precincts all across Queens, from Forest Hills to Queens Village during the Black Lives Matter protests, and everybody did that in unison and harmony. There was no, there was no looting in Queens. There was no, everybody, we even saw our former inspector take a knee with the community. He's the commander of the 103rd precinct because he was someone in the Rockaways when he was here who truly did build out bridges with the community. The same for Inspector Robinson now, who I enjoy a phenomenal relationship with. You know, a lot of people, um, you know, may read whatever they read in the paper, but that has nothing to do with the, the relationship. Um, quite frankly, we enjoy a very strong relationship with our inspector. You know, when the inspector needs help, we help him. When he, you know, these are things that are not broadcasted to the newspapers. And when there's a shooting, we're on the phone, whether it's midnight, whether it's when everybody else is asleep, guess what? We're on the phone working together and trying to figure out who did what, how to, how to work to put out these fires. 
And then also, you know, most people uh, forget is that, you know, I, I got the mayor to put nearly a million dollars a year into the Rockaways for the crisis management system for Rock Safe Streets. That money is renewed every year. That was a big fight in the city council so that we could hire people from the Rockaways to actually also be part of the solution. And one of the beauties of the job that they do as well is they're able to give job slots to some of these young people who may be engaged in the gang. Now, this has been a perfect storm because this year, remember, we had some banner years. No one likes to talk about that. But we went a whole summer without, with 365 days without a shooting in Ocean Bay, a Ocean Village, a place I lived. I mean, these were the places where you could get 20 shootings. Um, if you look at the numbers for Far Rockaway, for the 101, you'll see every year it dips. We had some record years in the Rockaways. This year, like many other parts of the city, um, it took a turn for the worse. And let's be clear, police morale was a part of it. Um, you know, there, there was some legislation that the union fan flamed around, um, the chokehold bill. I don't think anybody of us, anybody, at least human, would disagree with passing a bill to not allow black men to be choked to death for no reason. I mean, everybody saw the knee on the neck of George Floyd is that extreme reform asking police officers to treat every community with respect and dignity and not to um, over-police in a way? And, and Like the Rockaways was um, 10 years ago. One of the reasons the Rockaways got the Neighborhood Coordination Officer Program first, both precincts, was because they led the city in stop and frisk at that time. You know, they did, the precincts during those periods had done much more damage than um, than relationship building with the community. That all changed, I mean, over the course of the last, I want to say eight years, eight to nine years, the relationship with the community and the police department couldn't be any closer. There's still more work to be done, but I, I was here. I was, before I was elected, I was the chair of the NAACP Youth Council. I remember marching to the precinct because they were stopping and frisking Young people aren't quite, and it, it even happened to me. It even happened to me, and I worked at the city council because I went downstairs to get some milk when I lived in Ocean Village. I was pulled and pushed without an explanation. So you're not talking to somebody who does not understand the, who has not lived the experience of someone in Far Rockaway. I want to say that we've, we've made a lot of progress we can't let this moment, I've always said that, we will always say when the police does right. Um, and we'll call out the police department when things go wrong. Um, I don't think many of the things on the public safety side of the city council necessarily are indicative of things that are happening in the 101, like we're seeing in other precincts or the hundreds. But you know, your, your question was, how do I deal with the department um, you know, um, as the Queensboro president, it'd be no different. If there are things that I think can be done better, I'm not going to be shy of picking up the phone and calling Commissioner Shea or speaking to the mayor and saying, hey, I'm spotting these things in certain parts of the borough. They need to be fixed. I won't be shy about, you know, funding a gun buyback program like I've done in the past, right? I mean, the gun, the, not the one Melinda just did, but the one prior to that, that came out of my city council budget. I mean, we didn't we didn't go out there and we funded the NYPD to do it. <laughs> they, 
they didn't have the money to do it. I funded it. That so that that doesn't change. We all have the same goal: fair, safe policing. That's it. If we could figure out those things, how to see each other, how to truly practice CPR, we're in a good place. And the, guess what? Communities are safer for that reason because just as we saw with the dips in crime in the 101, that was that was straight community policing, community building that got us to lower crime um, to the rates we saw over the course of the last three or four years. So this year, without a, without a doubt, has been, it's been a huge challenge. Um, it's not something I go to, to bed with sleeping lightly on. You know, when people may take it lightly, I don't take lightly seeing 47 shootings in a place where we had six last year, right, At, during the same period. So, um, so we, we are now turning that corner mark. Um, the 101, I think that the morale is, is certainly starting to, 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 to boost up a little bit. But without a doubt, none of us could interact this year. The precinct councils weren't even really meeting. Rock Safe Streets couldn't do the work that they did in trying to contain some of the gang wars. So it was the perfect storm. Next year, I hope to head in um, to the summer in a much different space, God willing, Right. Um, and, and I hope to see that across the borough. But once again, I did not see, in Queens, we did not see what we saw in other parts of the city, partly because of the relationship building that a lot of the commanders had with the, the communities, most impacted, most importantly. So, so let's switch gears uh, to the economic side. Obviously, we're going to be facing a huge economic challenge, uh, not, only as a, not only as a borough, but certainly as a city. And, you know, you know, and again, you know, um, the Queens Chamber of Commerce, uh, you know, Rockaway Business Alliance, uh, a lot of the different, you know, certainly, uh, you know, you know, with Rockaway and its restaurants and, you know, all the other different locally owned businesses. Uh, and then people who own businesses here that may not be from here, but certainly rely on the support of people from Rockaway, obviously all of those people are facing different challenges. Uh, they're all facing, some of them are facing bankruptcy, some of them are, are mm -hmm. facing closing down. How as Greensboro president can you help, you know, address not only the economic challenges, but also get people to work together to solve them? Well, let's just start with um, the, the federal government's utter failure in addressing, um, you know, getting more PPP down to these small businesses. I mean, the mere fact that it is we're heading into an election without another stimulus package because people are putting politics over people is shameful. I mean, when you <laughs> I, I can't understand why we can't get a stimulus package done. And, and much of that has to do with Mitch McConnell. I'm not trying to get political, but the Trump administration and this whole Supreme Court thing. And, you know, at the end of the day, when the, when the, when the elephants fight, the ants get trampled on, right? And that's what we're seeing at the federal level. Then you move down to the city level in which I, you know, passed legislation actually at the city council last month, which should have gone into effect. The Department of Small Business Services uh, offered a loans and grants program <laughs> I think it was a $20 million program, the grants went to Manhattan. 56% of the grants went to Manhattan, 17% to Queens, even less to the Bronx and even less to Staten Island. 
So one of the reasons I passed legislation is to ensure that there was accountability and where that money is going. Sort of like the Sandy track or the same thing, you know, I passed when I came in. The Department of Small Business Services now will be mandated to report to the city council, to the mayor, believe the community boards as well, on where that money is going um, when it comes down the pipeline. So I do anticipate another program um, coming online from the city. And this is one of the reasons I had the Small Business Services Commissioner out in the Rockaways. But, you know, we had him out in the mainland portion of my district, too. And we're going to have them all around Queens, making sure Queens gets its fair share. Now, let's be clear. Queens is a large economic driver of, of our city. We're, we have the second largest economy. You know, we have both of the airports. We pay a heck of a lot of taxes in this city. To get 17% of the, the grants was a slap in the face. Um, so I anticipate that those numbers will improve. Um, but right now, I can give you any rhetoric you want. The bottom line is that the businesses need the rental assistance. Uh, and that means grants. I mean, loans, if you have poor credit, it's not going to help you. One of the advantages I will say we have in the Rockaways is even, <laughs> this is why it's good to, to move boldly, because we have development going on. We're one of the few places in New York City where you actually have development ongoing. So I anticipate that just as we've seen in downtown Far Rockaway, when you speak to some of the small businesses down there, you know, they're like, oh, we made up that money already because you, you got 200 people working on a construction site down there, right? Um, so, you know, you have people who are bringing in outside income. You have people, we have 100 people from Far Rockaway working on the fifth site in downtown Far Rockaway right now. So those folks are spending money in the community. So we got to figure out those ways as well. And then we got to talk about health too, right? How health is directly tied to this because if we get another shutdown, and this is one of the conversations we had with the mayor, with the governor, uh, amongst all of our elected officials, we did joint calls with them saying, you know, these business closures are going to put our people out of business. Um, so if you're not saying you're going to focus loans and grants here, you're putting our communities out of business. And that's not good for the economy. It's not good for, for jobs. It's not good for res resolving violence either, right? Because we know that violence is largely, it, it, a large contributor to violence is the lack of economic opportunity as well. Um, so we're going to be fighting hard to make sure that those grant opportunities uh, come down the pipeline and that they're coming into this borough. And then we'll also be working with our federal officials like Senator Gillibrand and Chuck Schumer and Congressman Meeks. Um, Hakeem Jeffries and, and other folks to make sure that that money is reaching every corner of Queens. And I've sat down and talked with each and every one of them already. Um, and we're, we're going to advocate, but also make sure there's accountability tied in as well and transparency. So you, you brought up development. Uh, so let's talk about some of that development. Obviously, the downtown Far Rockaway project, I drive through it every day. So I see, you know, all the different things that are going on. Uh, it certainly is, uh, on, on several levels, it's exciting to see building happen. And it's exciting to see, you know, um, you know when we went to the uh, RAD apartments that day and we saw the pride that the people had in the places where they lived, you know. I mean, to see that uh, in, a, in, a, in an area that's been down so, for so long, to see that, you know, and that's why this pandemic is so tragic, right? Because it's, mm -hmm. 
it's kind of putting a damper on all these things, but at least they, they're not just symbolic. There are things that are actually happening yeah. to create that optimism that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. But the development that I, I want to, uh, I, I want to uh, address is because I, it, it lends itself to a couple of different things. And of course, I'm talking about Edgemere Commons, which is a little controversial uh, on, in certain parts of Rockaway. And, um, you know, I've been asked certainly uh, from a lot of people, and I've asked you this question, and we've had conversations mm -hmm. about this, about um, it seemed to some that you did not really listen to the community board uh, Community Board 14 specifically, as to the recommendations some of them had about and concerns that they had about the Edgemere Commons project. So let's assume that, you know, you, you are going to address it right now, but I'm also going to ask the second part to the question, and that is, you know, as Queensborough president, you're going to be expected to, you know, do have a lot of conversations and a lot of communication with the community boards. Um, a, do you, do you feel that you did take Community Board 14's concerns into, uh, into, into you, know, con, you know, to consider them? And will you have any issues moving forward with the Community Board? Well, Community Boards have a lot of people on them with different opinions. And there were, there were a lot of people who had different opinions around this project um, on the Community Board. So, you know, I don't want to make it, you know, Community Boards are not monolithic. Um, you know, there are different people with div different lived experiences on them. Um, and my job is to, to listen to everybody um, and to try to come to some common ground. But as someone who lived directly across the site, street from the site, my window faced the site in Ocean Village. I did not have access to a supermarket. All right. Stop one was the, the not shopping stop. Stop one, which is an oversized bodega was the closest um, uh, 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 supermarket I could get to. And you didn't want to know how the meat looked at during that time. They got new management and leadership now. Um, there was no community center space. There was no commercial development. If I wanted to wash my clothes, I had to go all the way to Mott Avenue. I didn't want to use the, the laundromat at that time in Ocean Village because it was in horrible shape. Thank God they got a better laundromat now. So, you, you know, when people make these assumptions, you're not talking to someone who did not live, have the lived experience. Not only that, the lack of access to the beach. So everybody touts, you know, the visitors to Far Rock, to the Rockaways, but those visitors are not coming down to below 50. I mean, now they are, they're going into the 30s, down to 17th, but on that stretch, that's lost opportunity. And people always tout, well, there's violence, of course. If there's no economic opportunity, of course there's going to be violence. If there's not quality housing, of course there's going to be violence. So how do we resolve some of those things? And how do we achieve some of the policy goals? Everybody's saying they want a hospital. Somebody has to pay for it. All right. For those who don't understand how government and how private sector works, somebody has to pay for it. Unfortunately, Edgemere, everybody's saying we want a supermarket. We want commercial based on what it looks like, there's nobody who, that's why the stores on Beach 56 were vacant for 40 years. There's a reason for these things. It was because of the zoning. It was because of the lack of economic opportunity. So as everybody points to, we want a community center, which we locked in. We got a 
30,000 square foot community center locked in there. I mean, the developer's paying for it. The density pays for it. Height pays for it. The apartments pay for it. You have to subsidize it somehow. And then let's be clear, moving forward, we're in a $9 billion deficit in New York City. Let me repeat that. The state is even in the higher deficit. I think $30 billion or something. The city of New York is in a $90 billion deficit. So $9 billion, $9 billion deficit. So who's paying for the community center? The city ain't got no money to do it. Who's paying to get the retail up? City ain't got no money to do it. They're going to subsidize some of the housing, which leaves us leverage to, to, to have the new commercial in. It's a lot of commercial development going on in there. You know, 100. We're going to have close to five or 600,000 square feet of new commercial in Far Rockaway to Edgemere. I mean, that's a huge accomplishment. Now we're in a different space. How do we fill these gaps with, the, with the, where the market is? The most important thing for people to remember is that this is not a project that's going to be built over the course of two years. This is a 15-year to 20-year project being phased. The supermarket is in the first phase. We push the community centers to a sooner phase. We work with the city so the developers, after they build a certain amount of units, we either have to put money into school seats or build an additional school. I mean, we're, we're trying to resolve all of these issues, but somebody has to pay for it. Um, so it was a tough decision because in a perfect world, what I have cut the density in half, yes, but I don't live in a perfect world. I live in a real world where things have to get paid for and where we just did not want to make the mistakes of what people did in the past, where they just built housing and didn't wrap around the retail, didn't wrap around the community centers, didn't wrap around. I mean, I toured Mott Avenue. They're going to have a community center in that building. I mean, it's just gorgeous. I went up to the roof new commercial wrapped around. I mean, stuff people have been complaining about, the need for jobs. I mean, think about this. We even got union jobs that are going to be on these sites. I mean, this upward mobility and opportunity to make sure that residents have a place at the table. Go down there and talk to some of those young men um, and women from Far Rockaway who are working in downtown Far Rockaway who are, who are underemployed or, or not employed at all. They're working right now. So I think we have to you know, my job with community boards is absolutely just to answer your question, is to hear them out. Doesn't mean we're going to agree. Just as Melinda approved the Peninsula Project. She supported it. Right? <laughs> right? So, but, but doesn't mean we're, we're not, it doesn't mean that we can't find common good, right? There, there will be opportunities where even if I disagree with a community board to still put in their recommendations, um, if I do agree with them, there will be times where we're on the same page where we start. It's give and take. We're not going to always be on the same side. And I don't know any leader who is on the same side. Leaders are not, it's not a popularity contest. You know, it's about being, seeing something, even when it's unpopular, knowing that you better hit this mark if you want to truly improve the lives of residents. So we're, we're not going to agree on everything. I mean, just in Long Island City, same conversation. I mean, everybody in Far Rockaway wants what Long Island City wants, but they don't understand the density and market rate, which is too much market rate. The community members there, the community board there is complaining about the lack of affordable housing in Long Island City. But we want what they have. It's just it's the funniest story, Mark, because we want what they have and they want what we have. 
I think that's, I mean, that's, you know, I mean, the old buddy uh, Phil Goldfeder used to talk about that all the time, you know, the compare game. Everybody compares, you know, and, and the grass is always greener. And, exactly. You know, I, look, I get it. I mean, you know, I, you know, not that I would compare myself to an elected official, but, you know, we get the same kinds of questions. We get the yep, same yep. kind of, you know, yep. why would you do this this way and why would you do it that way? And, you know, sometimes they don't understand how journalism works and it's different. The mm -hmm. same thing, you know, with with what you do, you know, um, mm -hmm. you know, there's going to be times that even you and I are going to disagree on. Exactly. Something. Exactly. I've always found that, you know, uh, for the most part, we can always get in touch with each other and talk about it. And I think that's and that will remain. That is incredibly important. That will remain. Uh, when you're going. We're never too big, never too right. big. You know, never get ahead of yourself, talk to everybody. And, and the thing is, I think as, as, as Queensborough president, you're going to be called upon to be the finder of common ground and the builder mm -hmm. of bridges. And mm -hmm. you're not going to be very successful. I don't think anyone would be successful. Mm -hmm. if they're not listening and they're mm -hmm. you know, not bringing people together. So mm -hmm. with that in mind, you know, um, do you have any special plans to, you know, if we, of course, if you if you're successful in, in winning this office, do you have any special plans for things that you'd like to get done as far as community engagement? Uh, do you have anything specific in mind that things that you've been working on to, you know, better, um, you know, certainly engage with certain communities that you're maybe not even familiar with? Oh, yeah. Um, we're going to be doing listening tours. So, you know, and, and, and this is, you know, I didn't represent the Western end of the peninsula, right? You know, but I still think it's important for me to go sit down up there and hear from some of the leadership up there who've even been in opposition on me, right, for a long time. And that's fine. I mean, the, the job of the borough president is to be the leader of the borough. Um, so we'll be, I'll be embarking on that. I, I do anticipate we're going to have a, a, you know, an, a, interviewing already and talking to people, um, and, you know, we want community engagement to be a big piece of this. I don't want to get stuck on Queens Boulevard. Uh, I think there's even opportunities to come down to different community boards and set up the office, um, you know, where I'm working out of the community board offices. I don't have to get stuck on Borough. We could bring the agency. Sort of, you know, it could be models. And I don't think any of us would disagree, even if you have a difference of opinion with the mayor. His town halls were great when he had all the agencies there. You might not have got all the answers you wanted, da da da. But if we can set up an inside your borough sort of continuously, going into those boards, I, I will set up at Community Board 14, right? You know, and um, have folks come in and, and, and give what are their concerns, what are their priorities. Also important to know that this office has an $80 million budget, $5.5 million expense budget, 700 community boards. I don't know what the budget will look like next year, but I certainly will be lobbying the mayor no cut. Um, but the bottom line is, you know, we, we will have a bigger wallet or pocketbook, whatever you want to call it, to really focus in on capital projects. So healthcare is absolutely front and central. Um, you know, Melinda and I did phenomenal work together, expanding Adabo Health Center. We did a maternity ward together at St. John's, which I think they will break ground on eventually. I think that was about $7 million we put together. So we'll be working collectively with, uh, with our colleagues in government to figure out ways to put money together so that projects can move. Um, and that's the advantage of coming from, from the council and doing a lot of this work and getting a lot of money. Right. 
for the district is that there are a lot of things already in the hopper uh, and we just need to see those things through. But then we, we'll have to do the same for the entire borough, trying to figure out what, what are the, the quality of life issues. Um, and, you know, one of the advantages is I, I ran. I mean, I was freaking running for like two years, it feels like. Um, <laughs> and I got around to every part of the borough. And so you, you get to see, um, you know, Long Island City and the Rockaways is very similar. You know, if you speak, if we got the residents together, they would say, well, we both were hit by Sandy. We need to make sure that resiliency is front and central, right? So there's a lot more commonalities in certain communities. Transportation. People complain just about, you know, we think it's just Rockaway. But when you go to LIC, you hear the same thing from them, right? Uh, I keep saying Long Island City because it's just so much commonality between right. the communities. Um, but but, but that, that, is, that is the job of the borough president, to listen. Well, look, uh, thank you for making, I know you're a busy guy. I appreciate you making the time. My best to your beautiful family. Thank you. And, uh, you D3's in school today. so you <laughs> And stay healthy. And uh, we'll see you down the road. Same to you, buddy. Stay safe. Look forward to seeing you. Nice riding with the wave. Take care. All right. All right. Bye.